0: are listening to Casual Wednesdays with Doom Rocket. your one-stop shop for Comics Talk and Such. I'm Jared Jones.
1: I am MJ Kramer.
0: This week, Better Late Than Never? It was (laughs) looking rather sketchy for a second there, but our patented solicit episode is finally here, I don't actually have a patent on these episodes mj i don't want people to think that i do and i don't think i could do that legally anyway yeah may almost came to an end without us knowing what dc had in store for us in the month of august but they turned in their homework so late that's right and we're here to see if it makes the grade even though we don't evaluate the solicits with grades mj mm-hmm. i just wanted a clean way to close that metaphor i think it worked. that makes sense yeah so what's up for august an all-new team on black panther Ongoing prospects for the image horror anthology, The Silver Coin, and evidently a Pennyworth tie-in miniseries. What? Hi. One day late, still great. You are finally listening to Casual Wednesdays. Hello, MJ. Hi, Jared. How are you this week? I'm okay. Happy new comic book day? Same to you. Well, happy new comic book night. Yes. Yeah, we, we are recording late this week, everybody. Sorry about that. We were waiting on the DC solicits.
1: Yeah, super not our fault. <laughs> we
0: can't run a solicits episode without the biggest chunk of our solicits episode.
1: They also didn't release any of this solicit info to retailers and stores.
0: Wow, what?
1: So, like, a lot of stores put together, like, newsletters mm-hmm. and emails and stuff to send out to their customers. Customers, being
0: like, that's right. To send
1: out and be like, hey, these are the things that are coming out in August. These the are whole things- reason
0: we're here. Yeah,
1: things you can order. And... All of these different stores have either had to send out their, you know, solicit email without the DC stuff, or they've had to push it back to wait for DC to finally give us this information.
0: Like us. Mm -hmm. Like now. Yes. Well, anyway, DC (laughs) finally turned in. They're very sloppy (laughs) solicits. They're really sloppy. Oh, goodness. But they're here. We went through them really quickly. This is going to be kind of a slapdash episode, but that's fine. Generally, we have a week lead up to prepare. Not this week. We're gonna wing it, MJ. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun.
1: I think we'll do fine. All
0: yeah. right. Generally, in the beginning of the episode, we do the news, but like we say, every solicits episode.
1: The news is the solicits, Jared.
0: That's correct. But a little house cleaning, MJ, I'd like to take care of before we get started with oh, the solicits really? this month. That's right.
1: Are you gonna put on a little maid costume to do it?
0: I will not. <laughs> Bummer. New listener questions. If you are a listener and have a question for us. We want to hear from you. Hit us up, info at doommarket.com or at Casuals Podcast on Twitter. Give us a follow already if you haven't yeah. on Twitter, by the way. But we are looking for new questions all the time. If you haven't sent us one yet, give it a shot. We may read it on the podcast and give you our thanks. You can ask us anything. Mm-hmm. Within reason.
1: Even without reason.
0: <laughs> but we're also looking for new reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't left us a review yet, if you're feeling generous this week, why not give it a shot? You might like it. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review, say something nice and/or constructive. We're not picky, but it does help out the podcast mm-hmm. if you're into helping. <laughs> it's a free thing, costs you nothing, takes a little of your time, but you have our thanks. Anyway, MJ, that's all I've got for house cleaning. We got no news. All we have ahead of us is the solicits. Yes. So August 2021 solicitations. Are you ready to jump in? I think so. Are you? I mean, why not? I'm here. <laughs> got the microphones on? <laughs> what do s- we
1: got all this plugged in for <laughs> I otherwise? Set this all up for nothing.
0: <laughs> all right, solicits, let's get into it. So typically we start with Image Comics because that's how the previous catalog begins. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll do that now. Students, I hope you're ready. hope you have your pens and papers ready to rock because we're about to drop a whole bunch of recommendations to you concerning the August 2021 solicitations. I'm excited. Where do you want to begin with ImageMJ?
1: Well, I want to begin with the book that I think I'm the most excited about, Echolands, number one. This is co-written by the J.H. Williams III and W. Hayden Blackman. Got art by J.H. Williams III with colors by Dave Stewart. I think saying that J.H. Williams III is on the art is enough to sell it, in my personal opinion.
0: I would say so. With Dave Stewart backing him up, holy shit, this is going to be a beautiful looking book.
1: W. Hayden Blackman is his co-writer on Batwoman. It's great that they are back together, but just seeing J.H. Williams' art, I'm beside myself with anticipation.
0: He's been absent a lot lately in the comic sphere. Now we know why. Brand new debut from Image. This is a 44-page debut. $4.99 price tag drops August 25th. MJ, do you want to take the solicits? Yes. So for those of you who don't know, solicits text,
1: go. Quote, Lands is a landscape format, mythic fiction epic where anything is possible. A fast-paced genre mashup adventure that combines everything from horror movie vampires to classic mobsters and cyborg elves to Roman demigods and retro rocket ships. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Each issue of the series will offer a raw cut edition featuring the art from J.H. Williams III as it looked leaving his work studio. End quote.
0: Could you imagine what original J.H. Williams art looks like in person?
1: I'm wondering if that means they're going to be coming out with a black and white edition with each issue. I tried to look it up on Diamond, but they don't have that info yet. Like they don't have a listing for this comic yet, which is strange.
0: One notable thing about the Solicit's Info, MJ, they have some superlatives from fellow contemporaries such mm-hmm. as Dave Gibbons, Neil Gaiman, Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Debbie Harry? Debbie Harry of
1: Blondie. Blondie is saying nice things about J.H. Williams III. How does he rate? I I don't know. There's also a quote here from Kyle Schutt from The Sword. And J.H. Williams has done album art for The Sword. So go. maybe yeah. he, th- he did the same for Blondie, like poster art, album art, something? Yeah,
0: maybe he did some poster art for Blondie back in the CBGB days. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I don't think it would have been that long ago. Could have been. You don't know. <laughs>
0: Could have been. So anyway, that's Echolance. Number one drops August 25th.
1: But one thing that needs to be noted is... It is landscape format. What does that mean? I'm guessing that means that you read it long ways? Like, instead of the staples being the side, the staples will be, you know, either the top or the bottom of a page.
0: Oh, no, you mean like that X-Force comic? possibly oh no
1: i mean it says landscape format i can only assume that's what it means i just
0: got an epic collection a captain america epic collection it was the mark wade stuff just before onslaught and all that crap i forget that there were issues that were sideways so you have to flip the epic collection sideways and i forgot that my x-force does that too (laughs) oh no anyway i
1: guess it could mean that everything's a double page splash could be yeah
0: i guess we'll find out on august 25th all right mj what is next from image
1: Next is something you're probably more excited about than me.
0: Of course, we're talking about King Spawn, number one. This is written by Sean Lewis, of all people, Mm -hmm. with Mr. Todd McFarlane, featuring art by one Todd McFarlane. I doubt it's going to be interiors, though, because Todd doesn't do interiors anymore.
1: Maybe it's like a page or two. It's got a big list of artists.
0: We'll find out. Javier Fernandez, Brett Booth, Steven Segovia, Marcio Takara, and Philip Tan. With a host of variant covers, because of course it has. This is an August 11th debut. 56 pages at 5.99. Hefty, hefty book. So this is text. Go quote. A historical new ongoing Spawn series begins. It says new in caps as if there's never been any new Spawn thing before. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The launch of this book. Nearly three decades in the making. Further... Ex- Again, what does that mean? There have been other Spawn comics. Yeah. What is this whole... Eh, I, okay, anyway... <laughs> The launch of this new book, nearly three decades in the making, further expands the Spawn universe with a growing presence of hell, heaven, and the heroes here on Earth. A classic villain from Spawn's past has begun asserting his powers on Earth by corrupting as many souls as possible, and only Spawn knows that he even exists. Continuing the dramatic battles from Spawn's universe, number one, this is where it all begins at least five exclamation points, (laughs) end quote.
1: But yeah, those exclamation points were, were Image's own, not ours. That's
0: right. The hyperbole that we're known for, you know, we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what's next from Image MJ?
1: Next from Image is another thing that I think you're going to be very excited about. This is Ant number 1. It's a new debut from Eric
0: Larson. So it is. Now, new debuts from Todd McFarlane. He's hyping this expanded Spawn universe like a thing that he's never done before. He did it. He's done it before. Oh, Sam and Twitch Medieval Spawn, Curse of the Spawn, Spawn of Spawn.
1: In the King's Spawn Solicit, it says that the last time a new ongoing Spawn series launched was in 1992, but there have been other spinners and such since then.
0: I mean, I remember. Maybe Todd doesn't remember. But I remember. It's like,
1: yeah, Hellspawn. Like you mentioned Sam and Twitch.
0: When Eric Larson launches a book, it's not like, I've never done this before. <laughs> no, he's done it before. He's just like, I'm doing a new book. Here and they
1: is. just recently finished up like a previous Ant series that had been on hiatus for years like, and years and years. Yeah, and years. they finally
0: wrapped that up. And now we have an ongoing Ant, number one, written and illustrated by Eric Larson. We got solicits text for you, quote, Ant, <laughs> who she is and how she came to be. Eric Larson takes on a whole new raw crawler. I think that would have been an awesome piece of solicit's text were this in 1993, 94? <laughs> Ant's epic adventure kicks off with this all new origin issue, a new ongoing title by Eric Larson. That's in all caps, end quote. So
1: is he writing and drawing both Savage Dragon and this every month?
0: I mean, he loves making comics. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Two monthly? There are no other names attached to the solicits. Editor.
1: Yeah? Wow. I'd be very impressed if he starts writing and drawing two issues a month.
0: Prepare to be impressed. We've got an August 25 debut that's 32 pages at three ninety-nine. Yeah. What's next from Image?
1: Next, we have a new debut from Scotty Young and Jorge Corona, the Me You Love in the Dark, number one of five.
0: Continuing the new tradition of having sentences for titles.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But well, this is the same team from Middle West reuniting for what looks like a maybe slightly older aimed series. It looks but really good. still YA. Yes, still why yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of Scotty Young's writing, as well as his art, obviously. Of course. This isn't his art, though. But I love his writing. I like Jorge Corona's art. This is a yeah. series I am looking forward to.
0: You got solicits text for me? Yes. Take it away.
1: Quote. An artist named Roe retreats from the grind of the city to an old house in a small town to find solace and inspiration, without realizing the muse within is not what she expected. Fans of Stephen King and Neil Gaiman will enjoy this beautiful, dark, and disturbing story of discovery, love, and terror. End quote. Interesting, I like it. It comes out August fourth, three ninety-nine.
0: They name drop Stephen King and Neil Gaiman, but this sounds like R.L. Stein to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this I guess sounds it sounds like some serious Fear Street. Good anyway. <laughs> So we got Ascender number 18 coming in August. Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. This is a conclusion. It's the last issue of the series. Wow. The last issue? Yeah. Yeah. Issue 18? Descender wasn't
1: super long either.
0: I see. Yeah. 18 seems like a really weird number to drop yeah. a book off at. Yeah.
1: But if that's where they feel the story ends, that's, that's where it ends. We also have Moonshine ending in August with issue 28 on August 11th as well.
0: Ryan Azarello, Eduardo Riso bidding farewell at issue 28. What is with these weird
1: numbers? I'm sure they round off fine for collections.
0: I guess so. Anyway, Silver Coin number five drops in August with the news that the Silver Coin miniseries, anthology miniseries, horror anthology miniseries by Michael Walsh and a host of great writers is becoming a new ongoing series for Image. Such good news. Ice Cream Man will now have some company in terms of the horror anthology ongoing Mm -hmm. Uh, biz. Mm -hmm.
1: Good for him. Yeah. Good for Michael Walsh. So for the fifth issue here, we've got Michael Walsh writing and drawing this issue, whereas these last few have been guest writers coming in and writing each issue. How
0: humble guest writers. Yes. Yes just the best writers comics have
1: i just think it's awesome that this is an anthology series that centers the artist instead of the writer you know michael walsh has been
0: really awesome about promoting this book on twitter Mm -hmm. he's been doing these really cool teases about new writers video is one of the new ones yeah that's really cool i guarantee you scott Snyder's going to do one of these before long
1: you think so well so far he announced rom v and matt rosenberg right that's right both of them are going to do awesome (sighs) that michael walsh
0: knows what he's doing
1: he was also recently in a really bad car accident. Say what? Yeah, I he, think he tweeted this and stuff. He's There's going to be a little bit of a delay. He's got someone coming in to help him out on some art stuff. Like he oh, had like a no. concussion. It was it was not cool. Get other people to do your comic. It's not worth it. <laughs> and just for a short time. He said yeah. he'll be back on his feet really, really soon. Well, we, we
0: wish him well. Damn.
1: Yeah, get well soon, Walshy.
0: Mm. So we have Radiant Black issue number seven. A brand new story arc kicking off in August. Of course, it's got the team Kyle Higgins and Marcelo Costa with a whole bunch of variant covers, because what's a superhero comic without it?
1: And that is coming out on the same day, August 18th, as volume one of Radiant Black.
0: That's how I like it.
1: And that's going to collect issues one through six. So you can pick up that first volume if you haven't been reading it already and just hop right in on the next issue.
0: This is, however, one of the more expensive Image trade paperbacks. This is a $16.99 collection as opposed to a $9.99 collection, which Image sometimes does. It's up to the creators, I suppose. More
1: more recently, they haven't been doing a lot of the $9.99 trades. Well, the
0: books they're putting out are expensive of a shit to produce.
1: Yeah, but also <laughs> like the ones that are six issues long like this one it's harder to justify having that one be 10 bucks. You know, yeah. a lot of times it's a four or five issue volume that gets the nine ninety nine volume one treatment. So I can understand them wanting to price a six issue paperback at 17 bucks. It makes sense to me. It's not too much. So are there any
0: collections, trades, hardcovers, etc. from Image in August that you want to talk about really quick before we move on to Dark Horse?
1: Just one. There's going to be a deluxe edition hardcover of Gideon Falls, Volume 1, it's going to collect the whole first half of the series in one of those big, beautiful, oversized hardcovers. It's going to be 50 bucks. It comes out in September. I'm thinking about pre-ordering it, but I don't know. We'll see. Goodness,
0: goodness. <laughs> so we pivot to Dark Horse Comics. we got a brand new debut that I'm very excited about. More Black Hammer I'm always happy about. But here's something I never even thought about. Of all the analogs Jeff Lemire innovated for the Black Hammer Underverse, what are we calling this thing? He never did tackle the X-Men. He Mm -hmm. did Dr. Star. He did Martian Manhunter. He did Doc Savage. Mm -hmm. But he did not do the X-Men. And now here we are, the Unbelievable Mm Unteens. The World of Black Hammer, number one of four. Tyler Crook teams up with Jeff Lemire for writing chores. Tyler Crook illustrates. I got solicitous text for you here, MJ. Quote, after signing at a comic book convention, Unbelievable Unteens artist Jane Edo finds herself visited by one of the characters from her own creation, But was it her own creation? Were the unteens an actual school of teenage misfit superheroes who battled supervillains under the lead of the mysterious Dr. Miles moniker? (laughs) And if so, who wiped their memories and why? As Jane's world is turned upside down and she learns the true nature of her identity, she discovers a sinister plot leading her to assemble a team she had suspected was purely fictional. End quote. That sounds great. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like Tyler Crook a lot. His art's great. Mm -hmm. MJ, are
1: there any trades, collections, etc. from Dark Horse coming out in August? Just a couple. All right. We've got a new printing of the miniseries Enigma. Now, this came out from Vertigo like years and years and years ago. And funny enough, I've always heard it spoken very highly of. It is by Peter Milligan and Duncan Fregredo. I picked up a trade paperback of this just a month or two ago. You did. It's like an older printing. Now it's coming out in a really fancy, nice hardcover.
0: That's just how life works.
1: Yeah. So we've got the Enigma Definitive Edition hardcover It's going to be coming out October 6th. And I have a feeling the fact that Karen Berger edited this previously is why it moved over to Dark Horse.
0: She's been hyping the shit out of it on Twitter.
1: As well she should.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So this is going to have a brand new cover by Duncan Fogredo and a treasure trove of nearly 50 pages of extras, including development art, color sketches, and behind-the-scenes notes into the making of this celebrated story.
0: Which brings us to the tweet that Karen Berger said to a fan who said... A definitive hardcover? You mean like DC's Prestige format? (laughs) And she responded, better. Good for her. Yeah, Karen Berger. (laughs) I like it. We also have a trade paperback coming out from Dark Horse in August, Orphan and the Five Beasts, written and illustrated by James Stoko. We have talked about this book on this podcast. We highly recommend it. And if you're trade waiting, trade wait no more as of October 13th, as this is an advanced solicit, and I just lied about it coming out in August just now.
1: <laughs> it's going to be 1999. And that's... Those advanced
0: solicits sneak up on you,
1: MJ. Yeah, they don't always mention that they're coming out after the month that they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but also that Enigma Definitive Hardcore cover is $24.99 as well
0: which brings us over to DC Comics MJ yes it does this took some working it did But we worked it. Yeah. And now we have Rex for you, our Mm -hmm. lovely listeners. I Mm -hmm. hope you appreciate it. MJ, where do you want to begin with DC in August?
1: Well, first, I wanted to mention that just like in July, there are going to be a couple series that are going to be coming out twice monthly. And some of them, it's the same ones. We've got Detective, Infinite Frontier, Justice League, and Wonder Woman coming out twice a month in August. And we've also got Superman and the Authority coming out twice in August. That's
0: surprising to me. Yeah. Why are they rushing that one through? I don't know. It's so weird. I'm lucky we're getting any Grant Morrison, but damn, I don't want it that fast.
1: Yeah, Spread I just. Spread it out. It just bugs me, though, because some of these are. All, most of these are $5 books, and you don't need to be having a twice-monthly $5 you book. You do if
0: you want to make the Mamu and appease your at and overlords. <sighs> anyway.
1: Next, we already talked about this, but Fear State begins. Not Fear Street or Future State.
0: I wanted to say Fear Street so many times last week when we were talking about this <laughs> crossover. It's ridiculous how close they are, and I know James Tynan's aware of it. I know he is.
1: Fear Future State Street. Oh, oh No. <laughs> But I just wanted to mention that since we have like the monetary totals now, for your August bill, if you get all of the Fear State books, it is going to be seventeen ninety six for all four issues.
0: And this is just a precursor to Fear State. Yes. The actual event doesn't begin until next month. Mm-hmm. Be aware of that. That also doesn't include its Free Comic Book Day tie-in issue that's going to be coming out in August, because this year, Free Comic Book Day takes place in August.
1: Yes, and DC is going to have four different free comic book day books two of them are going to be like kids books i presume
0: other companies will have free comic book day comics as well
1: yeah we didn't feel it necessary to talk about those yeah but they're gonna have two kids ones and a suicide squad one and a batman one
0: speaking of suicide squad holy shit the suicide squad stuff in these solicits they're everywhere it's almost like there's a movie coming out mj Mm -hmm. they -hmm. have a suicide squad themed variant month yeah all the variants look kind of Eh. i wasn't really too into any of them yeah And they're doing a lot of trade collections or re-releasing a whole bunch of trade collections. There's
1: a ton of, like, anthology collections where they're like, here are the origin stories for all of these different characters you're going to see for, like, five minutes in the movie.
0: So I hope you like The Suicide Squad because you're getting plenty of it in August. But back to Fear State, MJ. Take it away.
1: Well, even though we already talked about, I'm going to mention the titles that are coming out in August. I am Batman number zero, Catwoman number 34, Harley Quinn number six, and Batman colon Fear State Alpha number one.
0: That's right. And if you're looking for deeper details on Fear State, Fear Street, we talked about it, A Blue Streak, last week. So check that out in our episode archives. But that doesn't mean we're done talking about Batman. No, 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 no. How
1: can we be when DC inundates us with Batman stuff?
0: We got an all-new Batman book. This one is a little different. It's more of an anthology, I suppose. Yeah. This one is called Batman the World. Holy shit. So DC is trying to expand its uh, profit margins in the foreign markets because this is uniting creators from all around the world telling their own individual Batman stories where Batman visits their own individual countries.
1: The headliners are probably Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo as like the United States entries.
0: That's right. Which is
1: weird because I'm pretty sure Lee Bermejo lives in Italy.
0: Yeah, he does not live in America.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's but- a
0: wonderful man. He ain't American. Mm-hmm. He's American.
1: Yeah, sure. he just lives in Italy. Yeah. But there are there's this huge, huge list of all of these awesomely talented people from a bunch of different countries like France, Spain, Italy, Germany, the Czech Republic, Russia, Poland, Turkey, Mexico, Brazil, China, Korea, and Japan. And each of them are going to have a sizable story in this 160-page book. One note about the creators, Kim Jong-ji is the artist for the Korean one, which is pretty cool. Awesome stuff. But anyway, this launches worldwide on September 14th or 15th if you have a Wednesday release date like most normal comic book shops. Interesting. Um, yeah, simultaneously all over the world. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> DC bringing the world together. Via Batman. Via Batman. Next, we've got a debut from the Milestone line, which is pretty cool. Hardware season one, number one. Sidebar. I wanted to say how lackluster the trade dress
0: was on Milestone Returns 0 but the trade dress they're using for hardware, for static, for Icon and Rocket, it's evocative of the old stuff they did back in the 90s, and yeah. it looks so
1: good. So this one was the odd one out and having the yeah, not good. Yeah, the ratings. launch
0: issue looks the most boring.
1: That's weird. But anyway, Hardware Season 1, Number 1, written by Brandon Thomas, who we love.
0: I am so excited for this.
1: Art by Dennis Cohen and Bill Sienkiewicz.
0: Six-issue miniseries drops August 10th. That's a three ninety nine debut. Holy cow. I'm going to read some solicitous text real quick. Quote, Curtis Metcalf was the brightest shining star of Alva Industries, a brilliant scientist mentored by Edwin Alva since childhood, until the failures of Alva Technology at the Big Bang Disaster threatened to destroy the company, and Alva needed a scapegoat. Now Curtis is on the run from the Dakota Police Department, but a man as smart and paranoid as Curtis takes precautions. With a nearly indestructible suit of armor and remarkable inventions that he never handed over to Alva, Curtis stands determined to do much more than clear his name. He's going to take the fight. Back to Alva himself. End quote. Mm. I, I read Milestone Returns the other day. Mm-hmm. It got me so pumped because I remember reading Milestone when I was a kid. I loved that line. The Worlds Collide crossover with the Superman line made my head explode. Hardware teamed up with steel. It was the coolest fucking shit I ever saw. Yeah. Anyway. I digress. MJ, <laughs> what's next from DC in August?
1: Next, the long awaited follow up issue, second issue of the Lock and Key Sandman Universe crossover, Helen Gone comes out. We didn't think this was gonna happen. Yeah. It's dollars six ninety nine listed as a one shot even though it is number issue two. number two. Yeah. Um, this is coming out from DC, whereas the first issue came out from IDW. Yeah,
0: So technically it is a one shot that DC published, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's part of, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's got the same creative team as the first one did obviously, mm-hmm. Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. It's gonna be $6.99, comes out August 31st at 48 pages. It's a black label, 17 plus maturity level book. Um, one thing I don't necessarily like about it is it's not gonna have the matching paper stock <laughs> with the first issue. Like The first issue is gonna feel different from the second. yeah i guess
0: you're right <laughs> what's the collected edition gonna look like
1: and i wonder who's gonna put it out yeah i think idw
0: published the ninja turtle crossovers with batman
1: they did the animated series versions and then dc oh, did like right. the a, adult versions that's of the characters right. that's yeah. how it happened
0: hmm i wonder how this is gonna break down
1: yeah they know they ne- they've never split a series like this before
0: interesting interesting well anyway
1: we will tell you when we find out we, in, yes we will in an upcoming solicits episode
0: hopefully in the meantime, we've got two new debuts that I'm ridiculously excited for. Batman 89 number one, Superman 78 number one. These are two books I would have killed to work on myself. Joe Quinones teams up with Sam Hamm, the original screenwriter of the Batman and Batman yeah. Returns films for Batman 89 number one. This is a 32-page debut at $3.99. This drops August 10th, and then 14 days later, you've got Superman 78 written by Robert Venditti, art by Wilfredo Torres, August twenty four thirty two page debut three ninety nine one is listed as a six issue miniseries
1: and one is not however I think they're both actually six issue miniseries I think this is just people screwing up the the solicits yeah okay screwing up the copy
0: ridiculously excited for that already saw the covers holy shit we got a Doc Shiner explosion of Superman variant covers yeah and it's just stupid how good all of them are. How is Doc Shaner not on a standard Superman book by now? I'll never know. But anyway. Maybe
1: he's working on one. We don't know what he's working could on.
0: Could, could be. Could be. Might. We got yet another Superman special thing coming out in August Superman versus Lobo number one. That sounds like it'd be awesome. I like this creative team but i don't know if they're the fit for this kind of book
1: i think this will work i I was picturing like a
0: daniel warren johnson superman versus lobo book you know Mm -hmm. like somebody who knows how to do like a fight sequence i've never seen merca and do a fight sequence admittedly i don't read a whole bunch of merca and stuff
1: she's good i think she'll do okay
0: somebody that's like really big and bob bass that can
1: handle like big stupid brutes like lobo anyway well we'll see how this looks when it comes out i'm excited that it's co-written by tim seeley and sarah Beatty, who co-write money shot for vault
0: again money shot team on a superman versus lobo book makes sense on paper but like it's not the thing that i want why can't it be the thing that i want she's a writer
1: on saturday night live it's going to be really funny it's going to be funny.
0: I have it on good authority that Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny. But she's funny. decades.
1: But she's funny. I yeah. follow her on Twitter. It, and She's funny. I'm sure she's great. And Money Shot's funny. And Tim is pretty funny, too.
0: I love Tim. Don't not get me wrong. I am excited for all of this. All of this sounds great.
1: It even has a variant cover by Simon Bisley and a variant cover from Tony Harris.
0: See, that's what I'm talking about. The biz. Yeah. The biz on such a biz. Anyway,
1: well, it's going to be six ninety nine for forty eight pages. It's going to be one of those big mm-hmm. magazine type dealies. That's
0: called the Prestige Plus format. Yes, MJ. Prestige Plus. That's right. Yes,
1: and it is obviously seventeen plus. Uh, so it is for your mature audiences. I'm sure it will be violent and vulgar, just enough to sate you.
0: The two things that I need in a Lobo book: <laughs> a new debut featuring the Joker, because why not? He's got an ongoing. It's doing very well. Yeah. More tie-ins, whatever. But this one's written by Matthew Rosenberg and features pencils by Jesus Marino and Joshua Hickson and covers by Chip Zdarsky, of all people. Yeah. We have The Joker Presents A Puzzle Box, number one, which works on two levels.
1: Yeah. That
0: title. Mm -hmm.
1: Anyway. But this is the first in a seven-issue miniseries. I had thought at first it was a one-shot, but it says it's one of seven. Do you want to read the solicit text, Jared?
0: I'll do it. Quote, it's story time. The GCPD discovered a mysterious corpse, a magical box, and a murderer's row of the city's most dangerous villains sitting in a jail cell. Now, all they need to figure out is what exactly happened. Fortunately, one suspect is willing to talk. Unfortunately, it's the Joker. Now, superstar writer Matthew Rosenberg, magnificent artist Jesus Marino, and a multitude of rising star artists invite you to spend a night in the Gotham Central interrogation room for a dozen tales of murder, mayhem, and mystery. As told by the clown prince of crime himself, can you solve this puzzle before the sun comes up? End quote. Whoever wrote that solicitous text, A plus alliteration.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's really funny. They're calling Matt Rosenberg a superstar writer now. Good for him.
0: Good for him. <laughs> that is not a bad thing to be referred to as by one of the top publishers nope. in the world. It's great. He deserves it. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Next we have, of all things and so late it's ridiculous (laughs) a penny worth tie-in miniseries to coincide with the epics is that the channel it's on the epics tv
1: series it doesn't say in, in the solicit text that's a mistake the hit tv show that's what it says The hit
0: tv show we don't even know where it is <laughs> but yeah pennyworth is getting a tie-in miniseries it's written by scott brian wilson i'm not familiar with him juan gideon is on pencils so that's something mm-hmm. jorge Fornes is doing the cover interesting thing about that cover i thought that was a uh, Stephen mooney when i first oh, saw it yeah, yeah i could yeah, see that yeah yeah do you want to do the solicits for this? I feel like I'd just make fun of it. Oh, me. sure. All right.
1: Quote, spanning the years between the hit TV show and today, Pennyworth tells the continuing adventures of Alfred Pennyworth as an MI6 counterintelligence agent, this time in Cold War era Soviet Russia. When Alfred and his partner receive intelligence that nuclear weapons are being manufactured near the Arctic Circle, they're off to infiltrate their remote military base to learn more. But things don't go exactly as planned, and the ramifications of this mission may be more far-reaching than anyone could have guessed, as our present-day butler gets dragged back into his past end quote it's pennyworth
0: (laughs) it comes out august 10th i'm sure you are just begging to read this issue it sounds kind
1: of fun (laughs) it does
0: i completely forgot it was a show
1: i dig some cold war era soviet russia hijinks okay
0: epics nail a dc license is what i want to know i don't know anyway i don't know i'm not even sure it is epics i'm guessing but whatever (laughs) (laughs) MJ, what is next for DC?
1: Next, I just wanted to briefly mention, uh, there's a few annuals coming out this month. Uh, Batman Superman 2021 annual number one is written by Jean Luen Yang, who's writing the ongoing. It's got art by Paul Pelletier and Francesco Francavilla. So Paul Pelletier is doing the Superman side. Francesco Francovilla is doing the Batman side because it's a flip comic. It's a flip book. It's 48 pages, so you get one full-size comic on one side, one on the other, and they both read towards the center where there's like, you know. But where
0: the- are the advertisements on the back cover supposed to go now?
1: There, there's not.
0: That's money wasted.
1: Anyway, I think it sounds cool. A flip book is great. We know that Jean Luen Yang does weird format comics well because he did that choose your own adventure issue of the Terrifics.
0: Sure did. Yeah. That was a great issue. Yeah. Dan Mora art.
1: Yeah. It was really yeah. good. Uh, then one other annual I want to mention is the Harley Quinn 2021 annual It's going to have art by David Lafuente. It's going to be written by series regular Stephanie Phillips but David Lafuente art is not always easily come by lately. Seeing his interiors is always always a treat and that's 48 pages five ninety nine. The Batman Superman annual is going to be five ninety nine as well. So here's
0: something interesting about the new issue of Justice League. Issue 66 drops in August. Brian Michael Bendis and Rom V, typical writing team, Bendis doing Justice League, Rom V doing Justice League Dark, new creative team in the artists, Phil Hester, Sumit Kumar. Yeah. So Sumit Kumar is reuniting with Rom V, uh-huh. the The Savage Shores team on Justice League Dark, and yeah. here Justice League Dark is without its own Book. There is no justice yeah. in this world. MJ. Yeah,
1: maybe it'll get enough hype that they'll move it back to its own book.
0: How but... do you bury that under anything? I know that Justice League's really good right now. I know it is, but how do you bury a team like that? underneath literally any story that you can come up with
1: i'm just glad that they're on such a such a high profile book also phil hester on art for the justice league main story that's pretty cool too
0: yes yes it is did you notice that the justice league covers and these solicits were uh monochromatic as they hadn't gotten the color proofs into solicits oh, yeah. on time
1: yeah they they rushed these solicits oh, out Oh my goodness i mean i'm glad they got them out but
0: god damn they're rushed hey let's pour one out really quick for everybody who has to do solicits for dc because they got rid of their solicits guy
1: Let's pour one out for the guy they got rid of. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Good Lord, the amount of work he had to do probably on his own. Oh,
1: yeah. And they didn't realize it at all.
0: Two hands tied behind his back. Yeah. Yeah. No emotional support. Like, that's all he asked. (laughs) Anyway. MJ, are there any collections, trades, or hardcovers coming out from DC in August that you want to talk about really quick?
1: Yes. So there's this Batman Arkham Catwoman trade that's coming out that's collecting that old Mindy Newell miniseries from, like, late 80s. You got me the single issues. I think out. it was
0: 1989. Yeah. Possibly. Even before that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's got a smattering of different stuff. Uh, it's got uh, some Ed Brubaker content. It's got some Devin Grayson written stuff, some Jerry Conway. It's got some Jim Bailins. I'm just excited that that's going to be seeing print, that Mindy Newell series.
0: With presumably a brand new cover by Joshua Middleton.
1: Yes. Yeah. Any Joshua Middleton is good Joshua mm-hmm, Middleton.
0: Mm-hmm. That's 1999 at 248 pages, Drops September 28th.
1: Yep. We've also got a collection for that recent Batman Black and White series. It
0: wraps up this week. It does. With it's- a J.R.J.R. Illustrated work. That potentially John Romita Jr.'s last work for DC. Who knows?
1: Maybe. It's not his strongest cover.
0: I'll leave him alone.
1: I, I really didn't I like know. The cover. Trust me.
0: I know. I know. There's a difference <laughs> between having a black and white image made for a black and white comic and an image that just hasn't been colored yet.
1: Yeah. It looks like they just took the inks. Yeah.
0: They just took it out of a cabinet somewhere and they're like, just put it there. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know if Ramita intended to have that colored or or not, but I, anyway, I it didn't. looks like it was. I, I don't like it, but, but anyway,
0: we're, we're talking about Batman Black and White, MJ.
1: Yes, so the collection is going to collect all six of those oversized issues in a fancy hardcover format. It's going to be fifty dollars, fifty.
0: So if you were trade waiting Batman Black and White, I hope you were saving some dough. That's a lot of money. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's going to be like an over oversized trim size kind of a the thing. The last
0: couple of black and white hardcovers they put out were oversized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those first couple were. So maybe that's why it's so expensive. It's 312 pages. So it's sizable. Comes out in September. September 14th. 14th. Uh, but yeah. 50 bucks for that.
0: We got an omnibus from DC in August. Batman No Man's Land omnibus. <laughs> in fact. Holy. I was just talking about No Man's Land with a friend today.
1: It's only volume
0: one though. It's like the point. Where Batman got to be too serious for his own good. Greg Rucka came in, and then later Brubaker came in with uh, New Gotham, and that No Man's Land is when Batman started to take itself a little too seriously, I think.
1: Well, this includes writing talent uh, Dennis O'Neill, Greg Rucka, Devin Grayson, Chuck Dixon, and others. And art talent Alex Maleev, Roger Robinson, Dale Eaglesham, and others.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I've read No Man's Land. Yeah. yeah.
1: It comes out October 26th. It will be $125. At 1,120
0: pages. Mm-hmm. We've got a new Man of Steel volume dropping in August. Superman Man of Steel Volume 4. I'll be getting it and adding it to my collection. I already have Volume 3 pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. It'll make quite an impressive set.
1: They're very nice hardcovers. I had a chuckle though that they accidentally reused the solicit copy for the Superman and Lois Lane twenty fifth wedding anniversary deluxe edition. From last month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah they did. Yeah, they sure did. But it's gonna be forty nine ninety nine, coming out October nineteenth, five hundred and twenty pages. Anything else from DC in August, MJ? I just wanted to mention some box sets that DC has coming out in like these slipcased sets that are coming out in October in time for Christmas, et cetera, Mm, et cetera. They're putting out a slipcased set. It's called DC Comics Girls Unite, and it's all of these digest size collections of the old like Batman the Animated Series comics, Justice League Unlimited comics, focusing on like Batgirl, Catwoman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl. An awesome gift for any little girl in your life who happens to like superheroes. That's going to be thirty nine ninety nine. Comes out October 5th. We've got a slipcased Saga of the Swamp Thing box set.
0: This is something.
1: All six of the recent trade paperback printings that they've come out with. From uh, the Alan
0: Moore run, of yeah, course. Yeah, of, of
1: yeah. course. Um, going to be 120 for all six of those in a super pretty slipcase. That mm-hmm. comes out October 12th.
0: And then here's something I didn't expect to see. A Hill House box set. Yeah. I thought DC was done with Hill House.
1: Well, we didn't mention it, but all of the other paperbacks for all of the books that were in that series are coming out in Mm -hmm. this solicit grouping as well. Uh, But this has all of those books in one slipcase set. We're talking
0: Lolo Woods, Daphne Byrne, Basketful of
1: Heads. Dalhouse Family. That's right. Plunge. Two separate books that are by Joe Hill and then a plethora of awesome creators yeah because he did
0: backup story in all those issues mm-hmm. I forget what it was called hell water or something
1: sea dogs or something something like that some dog hundred, dogs something like that uh but it's gonna be a hundred bucks for salty all of, dogs it might have been that so it's gonna be a hundred bucks for all of those together that comes out october 26th both in time for christmas and in time for spooky season halloween
0: if you're the type to give presents during halloween
1: or to buy it for yourself for a little <laughs> a little halloween spook fest
0: all right mj it's time for Marvel. It is. All right. So Marvel in August. There are a couple of things we have already discussed on this podcast in earlier episodes, mm-hmm. so we will touch on them briefly here. But Marvel is skipping a lot of books this month. Yeah, they've been doing this lately. It's really obnoxious. Champions, Eternals, Excalibur, Nonstop Spider. Well, we reported on Nonstop Spider mm-hmm. Man not coming out, but Reptil just started. Yeah,
1: it's a miniseries. And they're already skipping a month with it. Yeah, also New Mutants and S.W.O.R.D. and Shang-Chi. I mean, I guess it's not the worst thing because if the creators need the break, then they need the break. It's good to give them that break and not to solicit an issue and just let it be late. So I guess that's better.
0: That could be the reason, but with a corporation like Marvel, I doubt that's the reason.
1: I would like to think the best and think that that might be the reason. You
0: know, we could just ask some of these people.
1: Probably, probably. But to get to the solicits themselves... We talked about this previously, Black Panther number one, new creative team, new start, written by John Ridley with art by Juan Cabal. It's going to be out August 4th at $4.99.
0: 40-page debut. Nothing to sneeze at. I'll check it out.
1: A gazillion covers, of course, comes out August 4th, like I said. Um, The cool thing about that is that's going to be right around when our new free comic book day is. Yeah. So that's something that... Comic book shops can invest heavily and have tons of copies for people to buy when they're all coming in to grab as many free things as possible.
0: It's the truth. Hey, MJ. (laughs) Yeah. You want to talk about Spider-Man? No. All right.
1: But I I know I should. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we've got four issues of Amazing Spider-Man coming out
1: yet again in August. I mean, it's not... Technically Amazing Spider-Man, but these issues are the same story. I'm talking, of course, about the Sinister War crossover, mm-hmm. mini, whatever. But
0: I really t- wanted this to be Spider-Man versus Mr. Sinister. I really did. Wouldn't
1: that have been great? It would have been so much better than what we're getting. Yeah. But uh, issues three and four of Sinister War, the four-issue mini, come out in August. Those are both going to be four ninety nine each. And then Amazing Spider-Man numbers 72 and 73 both come out in August. The total you will be spending for your ASM bill in august is going to be 1796
0: which matches the 1796 price tag for the month of july yes it does
1: so your total for this little event is going to be 3592 if you buy all eight issues of it. all told not too expensive
0: considering how much it can be
1: that's true but it's just really annoying that a person who's probably subscribing to amazing spider-man expecting to spend money on one comic book a month at the
0: most six dollars yeah so as reported on casual wednesdays x-men the trial of magneto one of five comes out in august this is a 48 page debut at 499 drops august 18th to be exact it's like before when they did trial of magneto but you know 40 years later Mm -hmm. and under a new context kind of spins out of the events of the hellfire gala yes a heavily promoted series from marvel with a plot twist that has also been very heavily promoted by marvel yeah This is the story that will shake Krakoa to its core and likely lead into the upcoming just-announced new event coming from Marvel, Inferno, like before, just 30 years later, and different.
1: Can't they name a crossover something new? Can't they have a new name for a new event? (sighs)
0: See, I think Inferno is just a cool-sounding name, and Hickman wanted to use it. It is. It is. And in the context, it will probably make sense because Hickman's enough of a writer to make that fit. But I'm with you, MJ. They do not need to resuscitate all these names. Heroes Were Born, The Clone Saga, which is still baffling me, by the way. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone with a straight face say, hey, we're doing Clone Saga again?
1: And I have to say the last time Hickman reused an event name, Secret Wars, it turned out pretty
0: good. It worked out pretty good for everybody yeah. except for the Fantastic Four. But that's a whole other
1: podcast, MJ. And they got a happy ending out of it.
0: They did. As far as I'm concerned, that's when Marvel (laughs) ended. Secret Wars.
1: But X-Men Trial of Magneto, number one, written by Leah Williams, art by Lucas Wernick.
0: That's right. More X-Men stuff in August. We have Cable Reloaded, number one. Hey, are you, like me, questioning why they've got this tiny little twerp with a tin-tin floop in the front of his head being Cable all of a sudden? Well, guess what? The old Cable's coming back. He's reloaded in August. This is uniting the creative team Al Ewing with artist Bob Quinn, with covers by Stefano Caselli. Oh my god, $4.99, one shot at 40 pages. What is Cable going to be doing in the Marvel Universe? We're finding out here. You'll have
1: a big gun of that, you can be sure. And to stay on that Al Ewing trip right there, All right. we've got The Defenders, number one of five, coming out. You seem to be very excited for this. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Al Ewing writing it, Javier Rodriguez doing the art and cover. I, lo- I love the Defenders. I'm really excited for Re- this.
0: Really quick, sidebar. What is it about the Defenders that you like so
1: much? It's just a bunch of characters I really dig. And also, there was a period of time, I think it was like the early 80s, when it was a super heavily ginger team.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned that last week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Damon Hellstrom? Yes. Yeah.
1: Patsy Walker. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Who was the original Nighthawk?
0: Oh, what's his name?
1: What's his name? Also Ky- Might have been Kyle something? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Mary Jane Watson could join the team. She should.
1: Anyway, I'm excited about it.
0: Thirty-two page debut at three ninety nine drops August eleventh.
1: Yeah, I'd be excited about anything Al Ewing's writing though. Same. Next, we've got Runaways number thirty eight. What's so great about Runaways thirty eight, you may ask?
0: I am asking. In it fact. is
1: legacy numbered issue number one hundred. So we're making a big deal about it. It's four ninety nine. I want to see the numbers, Marvel. Forty eight pages drops August eleventh. The thing that I'm excited about is that it's going to be bringing back Chris Anka and Adrian Alfona for some of the interior art. Pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't been reading Runaways in a while, but I'll probably have to pick this up. Damn it.
0: <laughs> in August, somehow War of the Bounty Hunters will still be going on, MJ. It's only going to be on its third issue. Good lord. <laughs> What are the details for War of the Bounty Hunters in the month of August? God, I'm tired. Just looking at all this.
1: It ties in with all of the Star Wars comics except for High Republic again. Forlom is getting its own goddamn four-issue
0: miniseries. What is this?
1: It's going to be a one-shot. Oh, good. They're doing like a one-shot for like a different bounty hunter. or Forlom. For Law and Zuckus, oh my! Yeah, God. Uh, that is going to be a forty-page one-shot at four ninety-nine. That comes out in August, as well as the third issue of the miniseries itself. So your total, if you buy all of those issues in the month of August, is going to be twenty-four ninety-four, same as it was in July. So your total, if you're buying all of the War of the Bounty Hunter stuff, including that Alpha issue that came out in May and all yeah. that stuff, eighty eighty-one is going to be your total up Jesus until the end of August. Christ. It's just bounty hunters, you know. A lot of people, when they buy Star Wars books, though, they get all of the Star Wars books. So I feel like the people that are spending that much money were going to be anyway.
0: All right. Well, are there any trades, hardcovers, or epic collections that you want to talk about for Marvel in the month of August?
1: I know the main thing you want to talk about is the epic collections. Just a couple. So let's talk about those first. We've got two Fantastic Four epic collections. One of them is a reprint, a new printing, of the first Fantastic Four epic collection, The World's Greatest Comic Magazine, is what it's titled. It collects issues 1 through 18 of the original Fantastic Four run pretty exciting i would get it but we already have it in marvel masterwork form and also in omnibus form but we also have volume seven in the fantastic four epic collections coming out battle of the behemoths and this is the first post kirby oh. volume of the fantastic four so we've got pencils by john buscema with john ramita senior and jack kirby that's pretty cool i wow. kind of want to order it
0: yeah but we're probably going to get all of these eventually at some point
1: Probably, probably.
0: It's a sickness, MJ. I know. Uh, For (laughs) more on our epic collection collection, check out the back matter of last week's episode.
1: Uh, This volume is going to be collecting issues 105 through 125 of Fantastic Four. It's going to be 464 pages at $40. Anything else from Marvel in August, MJ? Just a couple of volume ones that merit mentioning. All we've right. got Sword by Al Ewing, Volume One, T P B. Pencils by Valerio Schiti, Ray Anthony Height, Bernard Chang and Nico Leon. It's I am to...
0: personally trade waiting that one.
1: It's a good one to trade weight. That's a great collection. August twenty fifth is the date for that one. It's gonna be fifteen ninety nine collecting issues one through five. Then we've got Eternals Volume One coming out in time for that little movie that dropped a trailer earlier this week.
0: Real quick sidebar, is Marvel planning on reprinting the Gaiman Ramita Eternals at any point?
1: I feel like they did. Their schedule on some of that stuff is a little messed up because they had stuff, you know, in, in the, the works. works for the
0: original release date right. of this movie, which is now coming out in November.
1: Right. I think that might have been reprinted, possibly just in hardcover, but there were a bunch of other Eternals paperbacks, you, got a you point. remember? I got that Jack Kirby one. Yeah. yeah, but Eternals Volume 1, The Only Death Is Eternal, is going to be coming out on September 1st, well in time for you to get it and read it before the movie. It's going to be 17.99 and collects issues 1 through 6 of that series.
0: All right right mj i think it's time for the lightning round
1: of our solicits
0: episode where we ratchet through all the top releases coming from all the independent creators in the industry if you're hearing pops in the background people like to light firecrackers Mm -hmm. from the beginning of april all the way to october
1: in chicago yeah
0: it's very annoying Mm -hmm. so anyway mj let's begin with boom yes let's where do you want to start
1: um just one thing I wanna mention actually, Abbott nineteen seventy three in trade paperback. It's gonna be collecting issues one through five of the recent Sequel miniseries written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Sammy Cavilla. It's a real fun one. Comes out October 6th.
0: From Aftershock, we've got God of Tremors. It's a one shot written by Peter Milligan and illustrated by Peter Kowalski. So this text really quick goes, quote, a 19th century gothic horror of exorcism, demonic worship and epilepsy. It
1: sounds really good.
0: <laughs> when Aubrey has his first seizure, he's pulled out of school and hidden away in the family's remote country estate. His father, a high-ranking English priest, tries to chase the devil out of Aubrey, but maybe the devil lurks in the grotesque pagan effigy that dwells on the grounds, and maybe the devil will turn out to be Aubrey's only ally. End quote.
1: It sounds really good, it's right? It's going to be bananas. Yeah, and Peter Kowalski, I don't know his art from Join the Future as much as I do from Sex. His art's really good.
0: Join the Future was a pretty good-looking book. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot.
1: That comes out August 18th at six ninety-nine.
0: Thank you, MJ. From Ahoy Comics, we have a new debut. Anything new from Ahoy is always worth a look. Take it from Jones. Tell me about it. It's called Snelson, number (laughs) one. This is written by Paul Constant with art by Fred Harper. For those of you who don't know, solicits text go quote in the 1990s edgy stand-up comic melville snelson had it all but 25 years later his jokes come off as tired and offensive desperate for a comeback snelson sets out on tour with a group of young socially conscious comedians can a 90s has-been hit the big time or is snelson about to be canceled for good a hilarious definitely adult contemporary satire that mocks the dying breaths of white male entitlement from the writer of ahoy's planet of the nerds end quote Okay. i'm excited for it. it comes out august 4th 399 it's from ahoy ahoy is always good
1: but you've got something else from ahoy to talk oh, about that's right? right
0: a trade collection i'm trade waiting this one as well i read the first two issues and left it to death happy hour trade paperback drops in august this is written by peter milligan again <laughs> with art by michael mountainette we've talked about happy hour on this podcast i have recommended it on the top five before it is funny it's about a guy who is the only person in the world who is unhappy everyone else is happy and now people need to figure out what's wrong with him. And he finds other people just like him, and shenanigans, they do occur. This is a trade paperback that drops August 25th, 1699. MJ, what's next?
1: For solicits in August. I wanted to mention one Oni Press release, a short-order crooks trade paperback. Now, I'm pretty sure I backed this when it was crowdfunded on Kickstarter just in single-issue form, like maybe oh, like three or four years ago at this point. But this is written by Christopher Sabella and Jim Gibbons, with art by George Cambadeus. It's a very funny story about competitive food trucks and a lot of petty crime involved. I'm into that. I highly recommend it. It's really fun. Really funny. It's going to be out October 20th for 19
0: An advanced solicit. They're sneaky. Mm-hmm. And then we got Volt Comics here. Dead Box number one. Brand new debut. Written by Mark Russell. Yeah. With art by Ben Teisma. Solicit's text goes, quote, Welcome to the town of Lost Turkey. Where the main source of entertainment is a cursed DVD machine that seems to know more about the fate of its citizens than they do, end quote. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. It's Mark Russell. How can you go wrong? Mm-hmm. This drops August 25th at 3.99. MJ, is there anything in the August 2021 solicitations you want to touch on before we move to the top five?
1: One more thing. All right. I always mention when there's a new Junji Ito book out from Viz, and there's going to be a new Junji Ito book out in August called Censor. It's going to be out August 18th at 1999. It's the usual collection of odds and ends that are finally being translated into English for us. Sensor hardcover from Viz Media will be out in August.
0: Thank you very much, MJ. Thank you, Jared. All right, that's it. That's another Solicit episode in the bag. We gave you a couple of suggestions of the comics coming down the pike, in this case, for August 2021. And now we want to know what you're excited to read. So tag us at Casuettes Podcast on Twitter to let us know what you're pumped to check out. And be sure to hit up your local comic book shop and pre-order your books. Head over to Comic Shop Locator at ComicShopLocator.com if you need help locating the closest LCS to you. All right, MJ, it is time, at last, for the top five. So it is. Let's do it all right this week you've got the three i've got the two i did the three two weeks in a row by the way i just wanted- did you
1: i didn't even realize it. Yeah, that's
0: right and i wanted the three this week <laughs> Well, but
1: I didn't can, say anything. You can take the three if you No, it's bad. all yours.
0: It is all yours. MJ, take it away. How do you want to start off this week's top five?
1: Well, my first pick for the week is a big, kind of expensive tray paperback. But keyword is big because its trim size is treasury size. This is oh. the Marvel Treasury Edition paperback. This is a collection of the series that recently came out that was just called Marvel number one through six. This one, out of the many Marvel series that were out, is a collection of short stories from to use a phrase you like to use a murderer's row of amazing artists
0: a lot of people like to use that phrase MJ
1: but you use it a lot oh no <laughs> so I'm, I'm quoting you when I use it um, it was kind of curated by Alex Ross so it's got Alex Ross in here I'm going to name some of the other creatives that are involved. Kurt Busiek, Eric Powell, Paolo Rivera, Bill Sienkevich, Daniel Acuna, Hilary Barda, Xander Cannon, Adam Hughes, Mark Wade, Greg Small, with Libra Mayo, Steve Rue, Gene Ha. A crazy, crazy amount of awesome artists. And we know some
0: of those people.
1: Yes, we do. And I, the main reason I wanted to get this Treasury Edition is because I wanted to see that gorgeous freaking art. In a huge treasury edition sized view
0: all right i'm glad that we have that in the house mj
1: i'm glad we don't
0: have space for it but i'm glad it's there
1: i will make space it's 29.99 it's a little expensive but it's worth it what's your first pick for the week mr jones
0: first pick speaking of debuts from vault we got the blue flame number one i read this the other night it's christopher cantwell so you know he writes for the trade a lot of the good stuff's gonna have to wait, I guess. But it's still a very good issue. The pedigree is there. This is, of course, written by Cantwell. Art by Adam Gorham, who knocks this issue out of the park. This is a gorgeous book.
1: He switches his styles up between like these
0: two narratives going on. So good. Flawlessly. Kurt Michael Russell does the colors colored brilliantly. The cosmic stuff is eye-popping. It's gorgeous. And let me tip my hat to Hassan el Elhao who nailed the lettering. Awesome lettering. The lettering yeah. in this issue is you gotta see it to believe it, but holy shit I'm getting Kirby vibes like crazy. It does remind me a lot of Strange Adventure which is currently running through DC. Feels a little similar. We've got a blonde-haired, blue-eyed male protagonist who's having an existential problem while also maybe being a superhero. Blue Flame is out with my recommendation this week. MJ, what is next in this week's top five?
1: Well, I wanted to recommend the Milestone Returns Infinite Edition number zero.
0: That's the one I wanted.
1: Well, you could have used well, it. Well, I'm co-signing on this one. Okay, okay. I don't have the exact page count, but I think it's like 44 pages. It's around 40 pages.
0: When it's- Hardware makes his appearance in this issue, I got goosebumps. Yeah. Like, I literally got goosebumps. I don't get goosebumps on every comics very often. I got them with this issue.
1: It's got uh, the first 22 pages are original content. It's an issue length thing called The Big Bang written by Reginald Hudlin with art by Dennis Cohen and Nicholas Draper-Ivy and Dennis Cohen and Bill Sienkiewicz and Chris Sotomayor and Chris Cross and Juan Castro and Will Quintana and letters by Antworld Design. After that, the 17-page DC Fandom. one It was shot?
0: only available to read for like maybe 24 hours. DC released it digitally and then pulled it and you were not able to download it but people did screen grabs of it.
1: Yeah and that was written by Reginald Hudlin as well and this had again like multiple artists on here. We have two pages by Jim Lee, a couple pages by Ryan Benjamin, then Dennis Cohen and Jimmy Palmiotti together. Jimmy
0: Palmiotti worked on hardware. He was an inker.
1: I know. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see Jimmy doing inks again. You don't he hasn't see worked for often. DC in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Benjamin and Don Ho, Dennis Cohen and Bill Kevich and koi fam and scott Hanna. colors by alex sinclair hi-fi and chris sotomayor and letters by and world design
0: milestone is back and my heart is so full
1: but definitely go pick this one up to be reintroduced to the milestone characters it's going to be 4.99 when you go and pick it up at your local comic book shop it's a steal what is your next pick for the week
0: i should have said this right after your uh trade collection thingy i am recommending the marvels number two
1: <laughs> this is another one of those similarly named series yeah
0: Written by Kirk Busick, illustrated by Yildare Sinar, colored by Richard Eisenov, and lettered by Simon Boland. I like Simon Boland a lot. Yeah. By the way. Does a lot of two thousand AD stuff. The Marvels is giving me severe Astro City vibes. I've been going through an Astro City deficit since the series officially sort of ended with issue number 52, courtesy of Vertigo, back when Vertigo was still around. That's how long it's been since we've gotten a new Astro City. But if you're looking forward to like a wide pastiche of superhero melodrama brought to you by Kurt Busiek, This will scratch that itch. The Marvel's number two. It's fun. Check it out. MJ, close us out. What is the last pick for this week's top five?
1: I also have a Marvel pick for my last one. Black Widow number seven comes out this week.
0: I love that cover.
1: All of these Adam Hughes covers have just been striking and gorgeous. Like, but all of his covers are. But that
0: one's like an actual piece of sequential art by Adam Hughes on a cover.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's great. Adam Hughes is great. This comic is great. And this is the start of a new story arc with issue number seven, written by Kelly Thompson, penciled by Elena Casagrande, inked by Elena Casagrande and Elisabetta D'Amico, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Corey Pettit. Now, if you haven't checked out Black Widow's new costume, you can see it in this comic. You can see her being the new superhero of San Francisco now. It's kind of her new status quo. Uh, it's, it's a really great book. Elena Casagrande's art just blows me away. She's so amazing. Choreography on her fight scenes are phenomenal. Black Widow number seven is out this week. That's my last pick.
0: I go to San Francisco and I eat a falafel. <laughs> and that closes out our top five most anticipated issues of the week. Every week we field a question from one of you, our wonderful listeners, hit us up, info at doommarket.com Casuals Podcast on Twitter. This week, Devin Whitlock via info at doommarket.com. hello Devin. Hi Devin. Asks us, instead of adapting comics to film, of which there are many.
1: Mm-hmm. More coming every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about adapting film to comics? Are there any movies you'd like to see made into a comic? That is a great question, Devin. Thank you.
1: And honestly, there used to be a lot more comic adaptations of movies. Yeah. It's kind of sad that they've stopped doing them, really.
0: Yeah, it's a lost art.
1: Although sometimes Marvel will do tie-ins to their MCU movies.
0: Every once in a while, yeah, but who cares about tie-ins? Give us the actual adaptation. Like Jerry Ordway doing Batman? That was a work of art. So anyway, with that, are there any movies that have nothing to do with comics that you would like to see become a comic book?
1: Yes. Although this is kind of... My first pick is kind of a book as well as a movie. Anyway, it's Lord of the Rings. I would like to see a Lord of the Rings comic.
0: You will likely never see a Lord of the Rings comic. Probably because not. the Tolkien estate and HarperCollins are very tight with their Lord of the Rings license.
1: But how cool would a Lord of the Rings and or Hobbit comic be that are done in the style of the animated movies?
0: You know what's funny is that they have the material. You could do endless amounts of Lord of the Rings comics a la Star Wars, except there's actually a founded world to build from instead of making it up as you go along like you do with Star Wars. It's true. Interestingly enough, MJ, there was a Hobbit comic book written by, of all people, Chuck Dixon. It was published by Eclipse Comics
1: way back when.
0: I'm not making this up.
1: Who, Who did the art? Who did the art?
0: Came out in August 1989. This was illustrated by David Wenzel.
1: Okay, I don't know that name.
0: Let me show you some of the pages real quick. I looked them up because I knew you were adding this to the list.
1: Oh, shit, that looks so fun.
0: It's really dense, it's really comprehensive, and apparently quite good. It was a miniseries that Eclipse published. In God uh, damn it. It's one of the few rare examples of Tolkien work being translated into the comic format.
1: I gotta find those now. Yeah, yeah. Now now all I want to see is a comic of the Sumerian. Because that, that would be something. That would be some bomb That would shit. be something. But I have, to be, I have to be with an artist who like really can do crazy, fantastical, lush fantasy imagery. Yeah. But what about you, Jared?
0: Well, obviously, Hannah and her sisters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That would actually make a pretty decent comic. There's not enough drama comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be cool if we actually tried to do some of that in the future going forward. Like a romance comic. Like a kitchen scene drama, a family drama, something like that. Why can't that translate to comics? Anyway, I digress. Of course, I would love to see a comic made based off of From Dusk Till Dawn. Really? There was a TV series that was based on it that's not good at all. However, a comic book series has a lot more leeway in adapting a story that is kind of pretty self-contained, but rather expansive when you think about it. Just a whole bunch of vampires running amok in Mexico. There's so (laughs) many stories you could tell with that. Mm -hmm. Basically, anything Quentin Tarantino had any part in Would translate very well into a comic, I think.
1: Kill Bill would make a great comic.
0: Yes. Kill Bill would make a phenomenal comic. And not just based on the Beatrix Kiddo character, you could do all sorts of stuff with, oh, God, what were they called? Her team? Shit. The Deadly Viper Assassination Squad. Yeah. Or Divas. That's what it was. (laughs) You could do all sorts of stuff. I would do a whole one shot, or fuck that. I would do a whole miniseries based on the Michael Madsen character Bud. Yeah, one of my favorite all-time film characters. Period. Michael Madsen. I would kill. Point the person out. I would wipe Bill? them from the face of existence. Would you kill Bill? To write a western <laughs> for Michael Madsen, like make a movie with that man. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's so good.
1: I think it'd be fun to see a story that would, you know, follow up on the series following Beatrix Kiddo's daughter. That's true. Although
0: I have a feeling that Quentin Tarantino, even though he denies he'll be doing it, he's been talking about doing it. I mean, hell. In spite of that.
1: At this point, she's probably old enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, holy shit. The daughter, BB. From kill bill was in once upon a time in hollywood and she played one of the manson family
1: oh shit that's yeah, right she
0: was one of the hippie girls yeah hitchhiking
1: one of the many celebrity daughters that were yeah, in that movie
0: yeah that's crazy crazy times but do you have any other picks for Devin mj movies that you would like to see made into a comic book
1: well i was gonna say jurassic park but they did make comics of jurassic park back in the day because i owned them
0: that's true Topps publishing took care of that yeah but mj you're not giving it enough credit What if Jurassic Park, the brand, you know, because it's gone down some dark avenues of late. What if, say, a giant company (laughs) like Marvel, who could afford the franchise and put a huge top tier team on that book, returned it to its former glory? Would you read that comic?
1: I would, because Jurassic Park is one of my favorite films ever made.
0: And since those comic book nerds are very nerdy, you can guarantee that the science of dinosaur and paleontology would catch up with the actual story of Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, and it would be really like an Art Adams cover on a Jurassic Park book. would be awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah,
1: um, but I w- don't necessarily think I would enjoy it because they're not going to ignore all of the recent additions to the continuity as much as I don't like any of it. Though so they like, should. As much as I would like that. There are reasons why I uh, don't. <laughs> but what's another one that you thought of? What's another one for you?
0: Not enough schlocking comics these days. No? Where's my Maniac Cop comic? That's what I want to know. Maniac Cop, Robert Zadar, Bruce Campbell. I don't know that. Oh, come on, Midgey. We don't watch enough schlock together. That's a shame. I watch a lot of movies by myself on the weekends when I'm working. How about Reanimator, but in the Jeffrey Combs universe? His version. That would be pretty cool. You could tell a lot of stories with that.
1: There should just be more Jeffrey Combs everywhere, in comics, everywhere.
0: I know that there's already been a ton of Hellraiser comics, but I could stand for more. I would like to write a Hellraiser comic one day. That would be a lot of fun. I definitely got the uh, sensibilities for it.
1: What about some trauma comics?
0: Troma? Oh my God, there were trauma comics. Marvel published trauma comics. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah, the Toxic Crusaders.
1: Oh, okay. It was an
0: animated series, and then Marvel adapted the animated series, but there's actually some pretty decent art in those comics if you go back and look at them. I mean, there's not really anything you could do and get away with it. Like Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, you could not get away with that now. You could well, probably do some toxic avenger but you would definitely have to prune his supporting cast. And at that point, what the fuck are you doing making a trauma comic in the first place? You know what I mean?
1: Oh, would want to sanitize your trauma.
0: Fruitless endeavor. Just leave the movies as they are, I say. But I would adapt some crime comics. Yeah. You know how Fargo became like the successful TV juggernaut mm-hmm. just Kind of took the concept of a true crime, but it's totally fucking made up, and then apply it to a TV series.
1: A true crime in the American
0: North Midwest. That's right. You like that Midwest stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you could do it again with another Coen Brothers entity, Blood Simple. Oh. There is a whole underbelly of crime in that movie that doesn't even get scratched. The heavy on his own you could tell like 40 stories about. Anyway. I'd read that. I love reading Criminal. Largely because the film noir essays in the back of most of the issues are phenomenal. Oh, they're so good. They have a couple of Criterion writers that contribute to this, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. But anyway... I wouldn't mind seeing Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips take a crack at Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. You could do the original Robert Seidmack version, or you could do the later version directed by Don Siegel that had Lee Marvin in it. I don't care. I'm not picky. It's a very short story that Ernest Hemingway wrote that got adapted into two movies because the story's so goddamn good about a failed boxer embroiled in love and murder. Totally cool story would make an awesome one-shot or prestige format hardcover like those reckless things they've been doing.
1: Staying on the crime comic line here, I think that The Godfather would probably have some good meat for comics in there's there. There's a lot there. Yeah, I mean, there's, again, a, it's, a, it's a series of movies that has a ton of world building built in. But as far as crime comics go, but also more lighthearted fare as well, what about a Knives Out comic series? That would
0: be incredible! Like a
1: series of miniserieses. I say series. That's not how it's said. That's fine. <laughs> it, it sounds weird to me saying just series, but I also don't want to say series. So I say series. But we
0: understand in context what you're saying because of the tense, like we get it. I'm we make, know the apostrophes there. I'm making
1: fun of it. It's I, think it's, I think it's funny.
0: Nobody was going to call you out on it.
1: Anyway, multiple miniseries of Knives Out, each one with a different, you know, mystery going on. But it's lighthearted-ish, it's fun, it's thrilling, too. Yeah. And you'll have a whole crazy, quirky cast of characters with... Each miniseries. But Benoit Blanc in every single issue. He he will obviously be the detective solving a mystery in each series. You know
0: Dave is going to be in Knives Out too. I know. Do you know the Pope's going to be in Knives Out too?
1: Catherine Hahn's going to be in Knives Out too. Who's better than the Pope?
0: Do you know that Cooper's going to be in Knives Out too?
1: Well, of course he is. Everyone's ho- in Knives Out too. Cooper is Hollywood's hottest new star.
0: He would agree if he wasn't dead asleep because we're <laughs> recording so damn late. <laughs> well, Devin, thank you very much for your question. I could have kept going, but... Oh, my God. It's so late and I still have to edit this and I have so much. Tomorrow's our anniversary.
1: Tomorrow's our anniversary. We have
0: so many other things to do. My birthday's coming up and yep. we have a friend coming into town and I got to work all weekend. And I got the AV club thing. Oh, my God. It's going to be a wild week. Oh.
1: Not even a week. A wild it's four Wednesday. days. Wednesday. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: so much between now and monday it's ridiculous so again devon thank you so much for writing in if you have a question for casual wednesdays we do tend to ramble we'll answer to the best of our abilities all you got to do hit us up info at doomrocket.com at podcast generally i like to end each episode on a high note mj but i'm spent you're spent i think it's time for the outro <laughs> That's it. That's all the time we have for this week's Casual Wednesdays. Need more of this doobie little podcast in your life? Check out our episode archive via any good podcatcher. Check us out over at DoomRocket.com. Rate, follow, subscribe, whatever you want to do, or tell us how we're doing with a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the polite thing to do, MJ. It is. It helps us out a lot, and you have our thanks. New episodes every single week, and while you're at it, look us up on Twitter at CasualWed's Podcast. I'm at Jared Jones underscore MJ. Where can they find you?
1: At Molly Jane underscore K.
0: So, until the day they make a comic book adaptation of Joe Dirt, I remain Jared, that's MJ over there, and from all of us here at DoomRocket.com, have a great new comic book day. Could you imagine the smarm David Spade as a comic? Yeah. <laughs>